The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Eat, Sleep, List, your home for list making here at the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Dan Torres. I am one of the hosts of Eat, Sleep, List. With me, as always, is our other host, the great and powerful Matt Johnson. Hey, brother. Hello. It is so good to see you. There's something about being in studio with you that's just so much better than Zoom. It is. I enjoy you know, I enjoy the fact that we can kind of zoom from home and stuff, but I feel like our episodes in studio just hit better. Yeah. Always. Absolutely. Always. Well, you know, you don't have the delay over the web. Delay and we can actually like I don't know. Something about the there's eye, like contact. An emo- yeah. eye contact. There's like an emotional <laughs> connection when we talk. It's just better. It just comes out way better. So yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's been a good week. Uh, we're starting to get warmer weather here in Buffalo. Thank God. I know. I know. Sixties. I think got close to seventies this week. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really nice. So uh, I'm glad, man. I'm waiting for this weather to break so I can start doing outside stuff. I know. You know. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to: being outside for things, uh, hiking. I love hiking during the year. But, I haven't uh, gone hiking in a while. I want to go. Uh, there's a couple spots I want to hit up. I haven't been in a while. Uh, I haven't been to the go- I haven't hiked the gorge in a long time. Yeah, the gorge is one of my favorites. It's been a long time since that. I want to hit up Eternal Flame Trail again. That's my favorite spot to yeah. go see. Um, there's a lot, man. I'm just I'm waiting. I and the earlier you do it, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, especially Eternal Flame Trail. The water like is is. There's more water, mm-hmm. like, down there, and there's less people. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, this time of year is perfect for getting started with that type of stuff. Sure is. Yeah, I'm, I, I want to go soon. So, um, Well, we have a very uh, interesting topic today that I picked. Uh, so we've gone over movies before in certain senses. I know we did soundtracks a while back. Yes. My first episode on here ever was our uh, top ten movie fight scenes. That's correct. That yep. we did. Uh this one we're going a little bit of a different direction with. Uh, we're doing the top ten movies that make us cry. These could be happy or sad movies. They're just movies that relate to us on some kind of emotional level that whether it's a memory attached to it yeah. or uh, you know, the plot of the movie, there's just something about it that gets to us every time we watch them. And I had to kind of look for a little inspiration, but then once I started thinking of moments in life and certain movies that really mean a lot to me, I think it got really easy to be able to narrow down. I had three out of the gate, mm-hmm. and then I was like, can I make this one work? And I was thinking about that throughout. Can I make this one work? How do I make this one work within the top, within the theme of this show? And everything just started to open up, and I, I started to remember, because, I mean, you really think about it, dude, We between you and I, We've seen so many movies, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's it's easy to forget some, but there's some that kind of leave you like emotionally messed up. Yeah, absolutely. But a lot of the times too, those are kind of what some of them are one and done movies. Yes, you know, I've I've had a lot of one and done movies in my life that are like those are really good movies, but they're easily forgotten about. Um, 
you know, obviously there's certain movies that I watch over and over and over again that are that stand out way more to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had to really think. I had to really think about you know this, and uh, for good portion throughout the last couple of days since you you mentioned that we were doing this, I was like, man, there are a lot. Yeah, you know, I try to hold myself together to watch movies. There's <laughs> sometimes you just let it out because you, you think it's like, man, it's just a movie, but it, it gets you, man. I, I've, I've all most of my life, all my life, I've been a pretty emotional person. Yeah, so when, I agree. When one hits me, it hits me good. It, especially there are it, there's some that you don't know why too that it gets to you the way. It, some of these I was going over and I was like, this shouldn't make me as emotional as it does, but. For one reason or another, just every time it just hits a spot. And that's it's a nice sign that you're human, though, processing your emotion and like those kind of ways and like feeling things. And it can make the movie that much more special. Or like you said, it could make it a one and done. There are some that have been super sad where I've been like, okay, I can't watch that again because (laughs) it was a good story. But I, I just can't handle putting myself through that again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um. But without further ado, why don't we dive right into it with our top 10 movies that make us cry. Matt, your number 10. All right. My number 10. Some of these are going to be like, what, really, when I say the name of it? Um, I'm going to go with the movie The Wrestler. Okay. It hit me different after I wrestled. Mm. It hit me different after I wrestled. And honestly, I think if you watch this movie... You can look at it, and from any viewpoint, like as far as art, like it doesn't. You don't necessarily have to be a a wrestler, but some people are so dedicated to their art that that's all they know. They get lost in it. Mm-hmm. Even now, if I probably watched it, I look, I look how like lost I I got in in podcasting and how it became my main focus. Now I, you know. It almost consumed my entire life where I was pushing people away, pushing people away, pushing moments. And if I had done that forever, looked back, and that's all I would have had, you know, how would I feel? Mm-hmm. You know, Mickey Rourke's character in that, Randy the Ram, I think it was. It, yeah. yeah. Robin is his legal name. I believe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It was sad to watch the end. Like, it was cool for me. I remember first watching it. I was in high school. And I was like, wow, this is cool. This guy's going around. This is what wrestling locker rooms look like. You, you go to the show. You're shaking hands. You're doing all this stuff. But at the same time, you pity the guy because all he ever had was wrestling, right? He broke off that relationship, essentially that friendship with that lady. Mm-hmm. He didn't really have family because he dedicated it to that. It was I, I, At first, I looked at it in a pity way. But, um, yeah, I... It's it's hard. Like it's it's tough seeing. I, I couldn't feel like go through life feeling like that empty. Mm-mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it just you, you don't know who loves you. Uh, you don't really know a, a a thing, an inanimate object, or a or a hobby is you love it, but obviously it's not a living thing, so it doesn't really love you. Mm-hmm. Um, and people only love you for what you do for them. And that's not a good way. It's never never a good way to live. So I always get really sad when he's going up for Ram Jam. Yeah. That last time. And he's just floating in slow motion. And uh, uh, who was the woman in that movie? Oh, I it's can't not... remember. Um, give me one second. I'll verify. I'm trying to think. Was it? 
I can see her face. In it wasn't S- Spider Man's aunt, right? Right, uh, Melissa Tomei. Yeah, I think it might have been actually. I feel like Hold it might have been I, before I absolutely give people the wrong information here. Uh, cast. Tomei, yep. Oh, yep. Boom. It sure was. It. Okay. You know, and she she tries to like stop stop him from going out there because he's he's hurt and but it, even though too like you see just the anguish in his life, right? He, uh-huh. He's he's working at the meat market at his deli and uh, like a low end job, and he's just he's just scraping by. He never knows what the next adventure is. There's no structure. There's no discipline. It's like it's literally just go to this crap job, deal with these people who make me want to stick my finger through a deli slicer. And 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 go to the next town, and that's that's the life, and it's 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 empty, mm-hmm. and uh, it makes me it, it makes me sad, um, because I've been that close, I've been close to that in some instances, obviously for not that length of time that he did it, but, um, yeah, it's an emotional ending. So I I absolutely understand where you're coming from with this, as far as, uh, you know, having been around wrestling and around the business and knowing the real ins and outs with it and seeing what the love for the business can do to a person and what tolls it can take. It makes and, you sick, man. Yeah, it, 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 it does. It can make you sick. Like, it, people just literally obsessed, like, obsessed. I, I watched a guy who, uh, in Rochester, man, he 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 didn't have a car legit sold one of his kids on the black market like because he, he loved wrestling Jesus. i'm not gonna say his name but he was just it dude would walk 30 miles for a show walk yeah that's... for 20 dollars <sighs> it's like man they don't feel wrong to you yeah exactly like it, there's not a point where it doesn't feel like you should maybe do something else get your shit together yeah exactly yeah, it's it's absolutely messed up, but it was uh it was interesting to be able to watch that movie with my dad cuz I think that's the first person I watched it with, either first or second. Uh, but it, watching it with him and being able to explain certain things, like him being like, "Wait, isn't that like and and me being able to no, like this is how it really is or yeah. Um, when he blades at the beginning, he's like, wait, they don't really like, they do that to, and I go, yep, that's what they do. They just small blade, then a couple of punches to start opening the wound up a little bit. Like that's, that's what you do. That's yeah. the business. And, uh, yeah, it's a very real perspective on the wrestling world, especially independent wrestling too. It's and harsh. It, Cause people don't realize that even when you're in the WWE, like if you're not, you know, uh, somebody at a superstar level you're paying for your own hotels a lot of the time you're paying for your meals you're like there's there's a toll that it takes and, and it can be a lonely life uh-huh it can be a very lonely <laughs> life you know you hear just when i did extra work man there was guys who were just traveling by themselves and they were just they were bottom of the card they they come in wrestle and they bounce and yeah that was their that was it you know it's hard it's hard. It is really it's hard. It's hard to see. So uh, the wrestler has to be one. Definitely hit me more when uh, after I did after I wrestled. So yeah, um, yeah. Big part of that. My mom tried tried to uh, she tried to get me to stop wrestling <laughs> many a time. She had a uh, what do you, what do you call it? Um, 
I can't remember, but she was just trying her heart to make me stop wrestling, and the wrestler was was like a part of it. I mean, I I absolutely get it. I throughout the time I had in wrestling, I could give you a million reasons not to do it. I yeah. could give you a million reasons not to, and I can give you every reason to keep trying. Like that's that's just how it is. Yeah, that's just how it is. I've been thinking about it lately too. Yeah, a lot. So yeah, I, it, and I might do. I want to go back to that. Probably not. Probably not. But also <laughs> at the same time, like there's a, yeah, it's like there's that one thing where you're just like one more. But also stop while I'm still ahead. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Yeah, um, that's a great start to that, and I absolutely understand Thank the you, reasoning buddy. for it. Uh, I feel like a lot of mine are animated for some reason. That's Anima- not a bad thing. There's some good animated emotional movies. Yeah, it, it, some for some reason I think. The atmosphere of a lot of them can get under my skin, especially, you know, being the son of an illustrator, seeing the different tones with it, too, resonates in a different way. Um, But my number 10 to lead off this list is the movie Tarzan, the Disney version. Um, I've well documented Mm -hmm. uh, how I feel about this movie in the past. I absolutely love the movie, this movie. But it's one of those movies that makes me super emotional every time I see it. It's the soundtrack to couple with it too. The Phil Collins soundtrack is absolutely gorgeous. Um, if we remember, it was my number one as far as movie soundtracks, yeah. I believe, uh, when we went back to it. But it's just such a really well put together movie. The music, the atmosphere, the story's really good. Um, it just really sucks you in. It has a way of really, really getting you invested in it. And I find myself just getting emotional all the time. Connections to my family, too, make it really close to me. But one day in particular that I remember is uh, I was doing The Importance of Being Earnest in College. And it was this Sunday that I just woke up. I'd been out the night before, but I, I like, wasn't obsessively partying or anything like that. I was just like at a friend's and I woke up and I had the worst like stomach flu that you could possibly imagine. Like I was puking like no tomorrow. It was, it was bad. Uh, and then I had rehearsal. I was living on campus at the time. I had rehearsal and I just texted my mom and I was like, can I like come home and spend the night? Cause I was so sick. So I came home my mom made me dinner, which I could barely eat, and she put on Tarzan. And I just like, well, I, I, that's one of my tells when I'm really sick, is I cry a lot. Yeah. And I just cried through the first 20 minutes of the movie. Really? Oh my God. It was, that's how sick I was, is I was just feeling so drained that that was my response to it. It's not a bad thing. Either. No, it's not. And it, and I needed that release looking back at it, because uh, it just made my body feel better. But it definitely kind of defined, like, where my emotions run through that movie. So my number 10 is Disney's Tarzan. Very good. Thank you. Yeah, you can't beat that. Um, Tarzan is an, emo- in a, an emotional roller coaster. It starts off pretty crazy. Yeah. With the death of the parents. And, you know, like, that's always just a sad thing. And then... Um, the baby gorilla getting killed too. Yeah, by a like it's just—it's a sad road. Like that—that's what made me. Uh, that's what made me emotional from the beginning. Like he never even had a chance. Like his parents just—they tried doing the best for him, and this freaking cheetah just like killed him. Yeah, <laughs> that's, it messes you up. Yeah. Um, my whole stream of consciousness while I was watching that movie was that that night. And that Phil Collins soundtrack was was great. so good. It was really good. He had no right to go as hard as he did with it. Yeah. No right. 
like I it, I get I have a hard time listening to the uh oh god which one is it it was like the main one after the gorilla picked up picked up baby Tarzan oh you'll be in my heart yeah yeah that's the that I, was what I danced with my mom at my wedding yeah too. that one yeah. that song messes me up I know so it's real messed messes up. me up a lot so <laughs> excellent choice I'm liking these uh, I'm liking our first bunch here yeah me too I can't wait to keep going all right so let's do that with number nine all right number nine this one is uh, you know what I'm gonna put this one here I'm gonna put Castaway. Castaway. Oh, this movie. is another one. A lot of these don't hit you when you're young. Like you just don't get that emotional thing. But after you've seen some shit in your life, you've been through some stuff in your life. These movies hit different. Sure. All right. So I'm sure everybody has heard of Castaway or seen it. And if you haven't seen it, you know about the volleyball named Wilson. Yes. All right. Tom Hanks is tremendous in this one. It is a solo act. All right. Um, for the whole thing, he's. Uh, Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, it's only like 20-something years old by now. Um, He crashes on a plane uh, due to a bad storm, ends up on an island all by himself. No way to uh, connect with people, no way to really find his way off the island. He Mm -hmm. tries and tries, and it just doesn't work. Um, But eventually, he does. But the... The twist is, I think it's like five years later, he, he survives, he makes it home, and the life that he thought he was coming back home to uh, was not there. His wife thought he was dead and remarried, and I think had her own family. Was it five years? Might have been longer than that. It was, yeah. Five years like sounds that. about right, but she had she was remarried. All her kids uh-huh. were connected to this, this new guy, and that's like... And that's uh, another like theme. Like, man, I couldn't imagine having like life ripped. Like, I'd rather die at that point than holding out hope for. You know, that's like torture. Could you imagine being in a coma for like four years or something like that, and waking up and everything's totally different? Yeah. Like, think of how different of a person you were even like two or three years ago. Right. And like, how much would have changed within that time. It's insane. So much. Yeah, that that stuff breaks my heart. Time like time like stuff where time passes and life changes. Uh it it's scary and um I don't know. It was one of those things that it it, it was a kind of a punch in the nads, but you know, life goes on with or without you. You can relate that to your real life, you know, with with dealing with people or not, but um, but it was really heartbreaking to kind of see that, like, oh, man, I get to see my wife. I've missed her for five years. And, again, she's married to someone else, and you just got to be like, okay, mm-hmm. well, this is your new life now. Like, I get it. It's good to see you, but breaks my heart. Yeah. It was a really good Tom Hanks. He, he pulled it off really good. And, and yeah, it, it's that movie upsets me. Um, and I guess it kind of connects with my, my reason why The Wrestler upsets me is that I could – you know, be on my own island doing my, I guess we're, we're making this really fancy, what is this, alliteration? Mm-hmm. Um, be on my own island in my own kind of world and everybody else is kind of growing and, and, and moving past me. So, um, and that, that that gets me every time. So, uh, so yes, Castaway is my number nine. Even uh, the scene with Wilson. Where oh, Wilson's when Wilson's going, floating away? Yeah. Wilson! That's, that's yeah. such a... I know it's like parody it's memed, now, but, but, it's, like, but it's, it's, it's 
such an emotional scene because that was his only friend uh-huh. this whole time that he's in there. I don't know if you're familiar with uh, The Count of Monte Cristo at all. The Heard book. of it? I'm not super familiar with it. So, um, The Count of Monte Cristo, the basic plot of uh, it is he's – I can't remember what his position is, but he's uh, lying to marry this girl, and this guy is jealous of him. So they – so these three guys, uh, including that guy who's jealous, frame uh, the Count uh, – Edmond Dantes is his name – they frame him for a crime he didn't commit, and he ends up going to like basically your high end prison, right? Uh, in America now, like your high security ones, and he's just locked up for years and years and years with no contact. And in the movie, uh, he a, the guy from the cell over is trying to tunnel out, so he tunnels up into his room, and um. The the count says something like, uh, I've been in this room for that. I know all these. I can tell every brick by their color. I've counted them a million times. And then uh, the the guy who dug up goes, yeah, but have you named them yet? And the, and he immediately just starts crying. And that thing with Wilson is almost like that same. Can you imagine that level of solitude where you're just talking to an inanimate object yeah, like I, that? Could not. I feel weird talking to my cat sometimes. I used to as a kid, but it was like I'm a kid, so yeah, that works. But as an, a, a grown adult and 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 being that isolated from people, yeah, I can imagine that's pretty pretty wild. Yeah, so got to be. Uh, great choice, really, really thank great you, choice. Thank for you. Thank you. Uh, this one is a newer one, and it made, I believe, it made my list of. Something we did for movies recently. It might have been soundtracks as well. Um, but it's the movie Encanto. I know I've talked about this a few times in a couple of different regards. But there's a couple different movies uh, reasons I love this movie. First of all, it is so good for Latino culture. I think everything that's coming out right now as far as movies like that and Lin-Manuel Miranda being at the forefront of a lot of things, I think it's so good for people understanding Latin pride and the Latin voice. Of course. And preface this with, so a lot of people have the argument about, oh, like, is Black Panther really that important for uh, for kids growing up to, like, see someone that call? And the, the, uh, the short answer is yes, absolutely it is. Yeah. It's important to see, like, that kind of representation. Absolutely. Because... I grew up um, – I'm not afraid of this phrase because I heard it in a play before. I grew up sort of Rican. I'm Puerto Rican at half, but I grew up in the suburbs. I didn't grow up around people who spoke Spanish. I didn't – and so I grew up, especially in a Catholic school, around a lot of white people with people being like, are you black or are you white? I'm like, I don't know. Like I don't know what the hell my background is. Right. And there are certain things that you associate with, but a lot of it is like – you know, the parodies you see on Family Guy or like certain things like that. And now we have all these voices who are telling people, okay, this is what we're about. This is the style that you see Bad Bunny everywhere, yeah. which like reggaeton style is getting popular again for that reason. Um, but Encanto is such a well put together uh, 
story that deals with a lot of Latino family issues and like issues of pride and finding your place and finding your voice. And they get to this one scene by the end where they're showing this background between um, the main character's grandmother and their grandfather and how they got there. And the music there gets me every time from that point to the whole end of the movie. It's just like absolutely like tears on tears on tears. I even uh, before I left, I was telling my wife what my list was going to be. And uh, when I said Encanto, I I told her that part and she was like, I start crying at this part. So like we both feel the same. We just a different part of it. And it's a beautiful thing. It really is like the fact that we can be touched by that. And we watched it together the first time, too. And we were both really amazed by you know, what they included and, like, the perspective they put on things. And it's really, really well done. So, so like, I think it'll always get me for those reasons because I'm – it just – I'm so proud of who I am and, like, my heritage and what I've learned through the years and how and how much of my culture that I've adapted to. And being around Julie's family has helped a lot with that because her dad's uh, from Puerto Rico, too. So I've it's heard a lot more Spanish. I've eaten a lot more of foods that even my dad will go to events with them and be like, I haven't seen this since I was a kid. And Aww. like, yeah, oh, it's great. He's in heaven when that. When, I bet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, Encanto hits a certain place in my heart. And I love seeing everybody embrace it right now between the music and the movie. It's it's just a really beautiful thing. So Encanto comes in at my number nine. Very good. Very good. Got some big hitters, man. Yeah. Coco does that for me. I don't know if Coco's on your list. Oh, Coco's so good. That's a really good one. <sighs> that's good. That... that would be an honorable mention. Me and my wife love that. That's uh, that's Halloween time every year. Have to watch. Make it. you call your grandparents immediately. Oh yeah, <laughs> right. Absolutely. Oh my god. If, if you haven't seen, I think last time we talked, you hadn't seen Encanto. I still have not seen. You got to. You and your wife have to sit down and watch. I Encanto. think she's watched it, but I'm just been behind. It, so. Yeah. It, it, well, she's got to push you to be doing that. <laughs> You'll love it. You'll love it when you watch it. All right. Uh, number eight. Let's keep going with this. Matt. No, all right. Number eight. I am going to choose. Um, let's go with the movie uh, Click. Oh, oh man. Click. Yeah. I just remember this one. Um, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do click here. Um, oh, wow. Adam Sandler, like mid two thousands, Adam Sandler was not that. Like those movies were, he had some doozies. Let's just say, all right. Uh, everybody remembers Jack and Jill. Um, There's a couple other ones that were just just didn't do it for me. Like Adam Sandler grew up on, like you know, it grew on all of us with uh, Big Daddy and Happy Gilmore and Billy Madison and all those movies. Mr. Deeds, Mr. Was Deeds, the one I for loved me. Mr. Deeds. Love Mr. Deeds. I got that for Easter one year. I don't know why, but I love. Like, I, I actually I just that movie. I just watched Big Daddy the other day. Believe it or it's not, it's so good. So Early good. Adam Sandler stuff is good. He had a lot of misses though in those like mid two thousands, but Click like hit me. And as I've said they, before, and there's going to be other you know references to this, but there's like movies that. Involved with with going through time and kind of just watching somebody go through time that mess me up mm. gets me every single time, every single time. I hate movies about growing up. Hate them. 
because they always it just they hit me hard. And and this dude, you know, and again, it's kind of a running theme. Uh, it had me messed up when I watched it originally, and now that I'm like 30 years old, it still messes me up. I think yeah. this came out like 05 or 06, but um. But yeah, when he's like trying, he's like, oh, it's a universal remote to kind of get through life a little bit quicker. And he starts, the remote starts like not working and, and he starts missing things, large parts of life and, and, and focusing too much on work, which is, oh my God, it's something that. So relatable. So relatable. With all this. Mm. You know what I mean? This is, uh, again. My artwork, which again I loved, but I I obsessed with it. Yep. I get out of work and I I just podcast all day and all night, and it's just why I was missing. I missed so much time. Not that I not saying that I hate podcasting, but again I, I I did it too much. Right. Every day, and he missed everything. He ended up getting a divorce. His dad died, and in uh, one of the last moments before was. Him yelling at his dad not to do a quarter trick and to get out, and, yeah. and like that was the last scene. And then he goes to his death, and then he goes to his daughter's wedding, and he has a heart attack because he's not taking care of himself, and his family's by his side, and and he's running after them, and it's raining. Ugh. But like that, that stuff messes me up. When when Henry Winkler walks by him and says, "I love you, son," and he's rewinding that, yeah. Oh God. Uh, he Every starts time. crying. He pauses it, and he like gets mad at himself. Uh, and oh, you man. start you start relating that to other stuff. Like it, you start relating it to it personally. You start. I see that I I put my dad in that like position. Right, Henry right, right. Or I you know I'm see my wife with uh, you know or in Adam Sandler's case his wife with the, with married to another person and I I put. Whoever I'm in a relationship in, yeah, in that situation, and it gets me every time. And it's 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 a nice reminder to kind of just slow down and enjoy life because we only get one, um, you only get the one life, and uh, you know whatever happens, you know you, you got to make the best of it all. So I uh, got to find that balance. Yeah. So um, that's why click comes in at my number eight. Great entry. I always forget about how much that one gets to me, especially at that point, because that takes a turn very quickly. Like, it's like funny, 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 and then, like, that starts happening, and it's like, whoa, 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 where are we going? Sandler movies do that a lot. Sometimes, they, yeah, sometimes they take a real I also, like I also cannot listen to Linger by the Cranberries now. <laughs> that I cry because uh, of that song where he's slow dancing and with his wife and just has the heart attack. Yeah. yeah. Gets me every time. It's a good song. Yeah, it's a really good song. I actually love the Cranberries a lot. Rest they had some good too. songs. They had the zombie song. and <laughs> That's some peak 1990s I, music right I, there. I can't remember what um, the lead singer's name is, but she died a few years ago. and uh, Or more than a few years ago now, I think. She had a wonderful voice. Oh, she's so amazing. Um, yeah, that's that's a really, really great movie. And I probably could have put that at one. Honestly. I know a lot of these I feel like I could put interchangeably. I feel like that happens a lot with our list. Um, so this one I'm going to put in is probably one of my more stereotypical ones, I would say. Um, before I mention this one, I have to give an honorable mention to two movies. First of all, in doing some research as far as like inspirations and stuff and stuff to make me think of, you know, different ones that were on this track. 
Leonardo DiCaprio's Romeo and Juliet kept popping up with Claire Danes. And I was like, but in a way, I was kind of like, really? That one? You know how it ends. (laughs) If you don't know how that movie ends, you're stupid. Yeah. Like, what do you, why? Why? Like, why is that so emotional for you? And it's a weird movie. It's just weird. I don't know why that I watched that in ninth or tenth grade. Mm Mm-hmm. And it like just it got me. Yeah. We read the we read the 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 script the the book. We read it in class, and then we watched that version of Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, and they're doing the guns and and and, and, and all that. I'm like, what That's is weird. this? But it was a cool interpret. It was a it kind was, of a fun interpretation. It was cool. Yeah, it was a fun one. Um, the Leo one I will put as my honorable mention though was obviously Titanic. Like that. That's. Yeah. Just a well-told story, and the atmosphere is really well told for it. But you know what? It's one of those movies that, because it's like three and a half hours, I can't bring myself to watch it all the time, and it kind of loses its luster because it's so damn long. After a while, it's it's a really good movie, but the fact that it's two parts that you have to sit through is... Whew. You said the two VHSs. Yeah, I know. I've seen that at the drive-in. It's like the first time I watched Lord of the Rings, and I was like... Holy shit, this was just the first part of the movie. I know. That's why I, I know my wife will never watch Lord of the Rings because I, <laughs> I can. it's hard enough getting her to watch nerd shit to begin with. And then getting her through the first movie of that would be such a I, – I wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, so Titanic is an honorable mention and then honorable mention as well to Pokemon, the first movie, because – I almost had that on my list. I, 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 it, was, it was very close – that that Pikachu crying scene does it for me every time. God damn it! Like <laughs> like man, there's just something about seeing one of like your childhood idolized characters break down. Oh, it's just so bad. Um, but the stereotypical one that I will put for my number eight is the movie Up because my God, you cannot watch that opening sequence and not feel something. You're a monster if you don't. You're you're a monster if you don't, and it sets the the tone for the whole movie really well. Like the build up to him really trusting uh, the 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 kid, and just it, it's such a well crafted story. But man, those first five minutes just kill you. Yeah, it it tells such a beautiful love story so quick, so quick, and you're like, how am I feeling this already? And uh, Pixar just knows. They're just like, buckle up with this. Um, yeah, there's really not much more to say about it than that. If if you don't, like, cry or feel something on that one, there is something wrong with you. I cry every time I watch that sequence. It's so well done. And the fact that animation has come so far, too, where uh, it, stories like that can just be told that well. So quickly, and and you don't have to have live actors for it. It's just really, really great. So, number eight goes to Up for me. Very good, thank you. Yeah, Up is a great one, man. That's a, I haven't seen that one in a long time. But yeah, you are right. That opening sequence is absolutely heart wrenching. Absolutely heart wrenching. Brutal. <laughs> Another one, right? Going through life really quickly. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like my God. Uh, all right. On to our number seven. I feel myself starting to get emotional. All right, Matt. All right. My number seven is going to be the movie, let's go, Foxcatcher. 
All right. Good uh, movie too. I love this movie. Uh being a high school wrestler, uh, I was I did no idea it came out. Um I don't even did it come I don't even know if it went made theaters. Did it make theaters? I don't know. I remember seeing previews for it, but I feel like one day it was just on DVD and I'm like, how lost am I? Uh, right. Everybody recommended it to me and I watched and I became absolutely obsessed with this movie. It's 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 based on a true story. Um but for those who don't know the, co- the, the I almost said the Cox Fetcher. Uh, <laughs> Cox Fetcher. Uh, we uh, needed that levity. Yeah, that we had to break up the, all the fandoms. <laughs> uh, basically what happened was back in the late 80s to 90s, uh, a guy, everybody knows the, the DuPonts, I, th- I think, the DuPont family. Very rich, very famous. They were Pennsylvania royalty. Uh DuPont, there's a plant around here. Uh, there what? I think it's still there. Yeah, there is still a plant here. Um, and Jeff Gordon had it as a sponsor way back in the day. But um, John DuPont was a uh, was a the heir to the DuPont fortune, and he appreciated the sport of wrestling. And he used his financial uh, wealth. He didn't like doing the equestrian and, and all the horseback stuff. Um, he wanted to do his own thing. His, his mother kind of shunned him for, for liking wrestling as much. He knew nothing about wrestling, but he wanted to be around wrestling, and he created Team Foxcatcher, which was a club for or a spot, basically, for Olympic wrestlers to kind of go to and be good. And John got weird and obsessed, and he tried to teach wrestling moves, and and he did again, he didn't know. It came off really weird well he paid these schultz uh well actually i think it was the first time like wrestlers of that magnitude really got paid or one of the big times that he could actually supplement an income income to these wrestlers mm-hmm. well he looked into these schultz brothers um mark and dave schultz yep um dave's the older brother dave right? is the older one mm-hmm. uh dave was played by mark ruffalo Mm-hmm. Who looked pretty damn close to it, and uh, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum was yes, Mark. Yep. Yes. Uh, Steve Carell was Dave Schultz. He was fantastic. In that really movie. good. Mm-hmm. That was the first time I realized that Steve Carell had range. <laughs> All I knew him from was The Office and some of these those goofy forty like, year old virgin, forty year old virgin, mm-hmm. uh, date was, night with uh, Tina Fey. Yep. And yep. there was that one Almighty movie, Bruce Almighty, Bruce Almighty. or Evan Almighty and Bruce Evan Almighty, Almighty. both yep. of them. Um, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, wow, Steve Carell's really good at this. Uh, but anyways, at the end, things start breaking down. Mark is losing himself. He can't stand being there because John's a, a psycho. So Dave helps Mark move. Um, but at the end, it's just Dave there. He's coaching. He's with his family. Everything's all good. Uh, but John continues to get more more paranoid. And they, they did it like a self-produced documentary about, uh, you know, trying to – because that's how like the fragile the, his ego was. A self-produced documentary about what John Dupont means to like wrestling, and Dave couldn't give like a a, a straight answer. Like he couldn't give a, a an a original, honest feeling answer. So, uh, and again, these are all true events. You can look it up on Wikipedia, YouTube, whatever. Uh, they have all the news reports. But uh, in the movie, John Dupont pulls up to Dave Schultz's uh, spot. Dave comes out to say hi to him. He goes, oh, this is family time. And then John pulls out a gun and shoots him three times. Yeah. Right in front of his wife and kids. Crazy. And it's, like, sad because, I mean, one, it's Mark Ruffalo. That's the Hulk 
you know, that's he's the man. I love. He's the him. man, and Mark Ruffalo's a very good act, great actor, great actor. And uh, just to see him like kind of just shot down like that, you know, after everything, after watching this whole th- whole movie, um, seeing how everything came together, um, because some guy was just paranoid and lost his mind, and uh, and yeah, it was sad. Uh, sad way to end the movie. The whole movie had like this very somber tone to it, mm-hmm. but um. But I have to watch that again. But yes, uh, Foxcatcher comes in at my number seven. Oh man, that that's a really really good movie. That's a, I love that you're putting the wrestling ones on there too because it's something I can personal. see. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's super personal. I can see exactly why uh, you would relate to it so much. Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, I I love that sport, man. I I probably until like maybe. Four or five years ago, I completely lived in the past, and my my high school wrestling days were my glory days. So it was defined my personality, like it, it just defined it. So, um, and yeah, this one, like it was like man, it inspired me. I actually did an old timers tournament because of the this movie. Like watching it inspired me to kind of get in shape and go and do stuff. But that ending, man, tough. Wow, tough stuff. So, yeah. That's really, really good. That's a great real, uh, entry for your list. Thank you, buddy. You know what you would really like if you haven't seen Have you ever seen Icarus before? I, oh, I don't know if I have. You should watch it. It's uh, You would be interested in it just because I, I think it there's some like wrestling relation within it, but it's a really good sports documentary in general. Uh, in general. It's about... Um, the Russian team and how they cheated in the Winter Olympics in, I believe, 2016? Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, or so 20, came out, no, the movie no, no. came out in 2017. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking it up. Russia's transfer, dirty urine, unexplained death, Olympic gold, all part of the exposure, the biggest scandal in sports 2014 history. Winter Olympics. Okay. So it, it documents how they went in and cheated through the whole thing. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Okay. It's a great documentary. You should check it out at some point. I will. Thank you for the suggestion. Yeah, of course. Uh, okay, my number seven uh, is a movie that it is feel good by the end, but I feel like on a personal level, I relate to this movie a lot. This is the movie Silver Linings Playbook. Um, if you haven't seen it, uh, it's... A really, really great movie. A David O. Russell movie, I believe. Uh, he directed Bradley Cooper it. and Jennifer Lawrence? Yes. Robert De Niro. Yes. Yes. He's the dad. Yes. Great yes. movie. Great movie. Um, really great movie. But it deals with a lot of different mental issues. Depression, bipolar, anxiety, um, finding your way through life after like living tr- through traumatic events or through disorders like that. And... Um, as somebody who has struggled with depression for God as like long as I can remember right now, there's so much you can take away from that. Just watching people's struggles and knowing kind of what they're going through and what they're kind of piecing together, yeah. and how they're trying to stay positive in order to recover and uh, and stay healthy. And there's an element of fun within that movie too. But by the end of it. I always there there are two parts that really get to me by the end. And first it's when Robert De Niro is talking to Bradley Cooper, trying to convince him to come to uh the Eagles game with him. Yeah. And when he's that monologue he gives is really 
that's one of my favorite Robert De Niro moments ever is him delivering that because it's just it just sounds so sincere and it, it gets me every time just hearing that. And then why well, at the end when he confesses to Jennifer Lawrence that he loves her and has loved her that always like by the end just to see them both find each other always makes me feel really good. Yeah. And it just wraps up on such a positive note that I I feel like it's such a well-put-together movie, and it just really gets to me every single time I watch it. And what a great lineup of actors within that. Uh, That was the movie Jennifer Lawrence won her Academy Award for. Well-deserved. Yes, absolutely. Her performance in that is phenomenal. She had some really good, like, really, like, like world-class, like, films. Not that, like, you know... She had some, you know, not that she was doing bad movies, but like these were like iconic, like live forever in people's like right memories, or they had like a nice personal touch to them. She did, she had a lot of those around that time. And the only kind of thing I kind of knew her from was Hunger Games at the time, because you know that was kind of starting to get big. And then she won the Academy Award, and I was like, oh, that's kind of weird that she does that. And then I went and watched. Silver Linings Playbook after because post Oscars I always tend to try and watch a couple of the movies at least yeah. that got nominated. And from the moment she stepped on screen, I was like, "Oh, yeah, she good. You can act. Mm-hmm. Like you can really." She just had it was a whole different demeanor. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, okay, I get it." <laughs> like, go absolutely ahead, do your thing. Um, yeah, but what a what a fantastic movie. That's. That's a, in a lineup of really good David O. Russell movies that all kind of have the same people in it, which is really strange. I remember that being stuck in my head one day. Oh, one night, I was working an overnight shift, and uh, and it was in my head. I think I watched it before. I, I went in the overnight shift with my wife, and uh, I was like, wow, this is really good. The, 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 yeah, the, the whole movie, top to bottom, just stood out. And I was like, "This is really, this is really nice." See, those are movies to me that I nowadays I'd probably never pay to go see, but it is nice to kind of sit and watch. They don't instantly grab at you, like grab at your attention. But I guess it's a whole psychology. Like I like, I like violence and action, and and and, and some comedies I will go see. But if I'm just happen to casually be sitting down and watching some really, really like good, good storytelling, I'm, I'm fine with that. And that movie was. Everything that I, I really great be, storytelling. So. I can't listen to uh, My Sharia Moore by Stevie Wonder without thinking of that it's movie. Uh-huh. Well, they uh, they play it in the lobby when he's checking into his first appointment. Yeah, and he uh, he just looks at the reception. Goes, is that song really playing? And it was the song that was on when his wife cheated on him or whatever. Yeah. But it's it's just so fun. Like the the switch to it is always so funny when he just looks up. He's like, is that song really playing? <laughs> like the receptionist is just like I I don't know like <laughs> yeah such a good moment. In fact, uh, every once in a while, if you go to the YouTube comments under that song, you'll see a comment that says, "Is that song really playing?" Yeah, <laughs> it's great. I, it's so good. Um, all right, on to our number six. Matt, lead us off, sir. All right, my number six. Um, let's see. Let's go with uh, let's go with Pearl Harbor. Ooh, good movie. Great. Oh, I loved it. I actually borrowed this from my fifth grade teacher. Um, I, I was, We were doing, I think, U.S. history, and we, we were doing World War II in Pearl Harbor. I was just, it, I was invested. We did a section on it. He goes, here, you can have this and borrow it. And 
a great movie. Uh, I should probably. I know uh, Ben Affleck is in it, and um, he's one of the main leads. At two thousand one, it came out. It's a Michael Bay movie that makes one hundred percent sense. Kate Beckinsale, Josh Harnett. He was uh, he played Danny, I believe, was the uh, character. Cuba Gooding Jr.'s in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yep, Josh Harnett as Danny Walker, Ben Affleck as Rafi McCauley. Um, first of all, this Pearl Harbor was like it's it's surreal, especially like I, again fifth grade, and you're, I'm learning about this and how horrid it is, and you're seeing pictures of it and you hear about it. it it's it's Pretty tragic. It's insane, yeah. It's insane. And then as a kid, I know it's a movie form, but you get to visualize it, and it's horrible. Um, there's a part in the movie where they where Ben Affleck's character is supposedly dead. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he dies. So Danny, uh, Josh Hernett's character, and Kate Beckinsale uh, hit it off, and they enter a relationship. And, um, and they've been together for some time, and I think... I think he got her pregnant. I think uh, Hernet Danny got Lieutenant Evelyn uh, knocked up, and all of a sudden they received a letter that Ben Affleck's character is still alive and coming back home. And there's, there's yeah. these two really, really good friends who grew up together um, are now like quarreling and fighting uh, because of this whole situation. Uh, obviously. Everything, you know, after Pearl Harbor attack, the U.S. decides to launch a counterattack. They're supposed to go into some part and uh, um, attack Japan and wait for the Chinese to come and save them. Um, they, they crash. They get attacked by the Japanese, and Danny's sitting there. He's got the that big, like, thing of wood. Uh, he's just he's shackled pretty much, mm-hmm. and he gets shot, and he's, his kid's on the way, and... They 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 kill all the Japanese soldiers, and then Ben Affleck runs over to Danny. Goes, "You gotta be a dad. You gotta be a dad. You gotta make it through." And he dies, and uh, and Ben Affleck obviously they they get they go back. He, he gets back with uh, Kate Beckinsale's, uh, and they name the son Danny in oh. honor. And it's not even his kid, but they they stick they they stick together because it's their memory of him. But yeah, they they I think one of the first scenes of them together is like like little children. Mm-hmm. Um, and for that to happen, it was just it, oh, so good, good in a sad way. But I haven't seen that movie in a long time. It it pops up every now and then, but yeah, I seen it. Yeah, two thousand one, I seen it. I was like, this is it's. I that might have been like one of those turns where I was like obsessed with U.S. history. Mm-hmm. That might have been like the first moment. I get it. Where I'm like, okay, I really like U.S. history. Mm-hmm. So World War Two era stuff became. Primo, so, so yeah, so uh, Pearl Harbor comes in at at uh, number six. Love it. Thank you, buddy. What do you got? I've got. Let me take a look. My number six is a movie that makes me emotional for a lot of different reasons. And the last time I watched it, I realized exactly why it makes me cry as much as it does now, at least. Um, so this is a movie, I don't know if you've seen it at all, I don't know how familiar familiar you are with certain anime movies, um, this is a Hayao Miyazaki movie called My Neighbor Totoro. I'm not familiar, no. You might have seen, um, the actual, uh, the actual Totoro figure 
um, around at places because I feel like a lot of nerds like myself will carry Totoro's around. Okay. Um, but Hayao Miyazaki is one of the most incredible anime directors you'll ever see in your entire life. And he's one of the more popular ones in American culture, too. A lot of, like, your casual anime watchers will know his name. So the first time I watched this movie, my brother Ben, who you know very well, Mm -hmm. was homesick from school. Like, he was running a fever or something that day. He wasn't feeling good. And I think... It's either my first year of college or I was leaving high school, and I, I wasn't in school that day either. So he wasn't feeling good. I was taking care of him a little bit. And then uh, I was like, well, I'll put something on to uh, so that like we could watch it and you could just lay down for a little bit. So I downloaded that movie, and I put it on, and we watched it together. And it's just the sweetest movie that you could ever it's so cute it's about um a a family a dad and two sisters or a dad and two daughters uh the mom's in a hospital and they move into this new house and it's in front of this big forest and one of the girls discovers like a big almost like a troll living in the in the woods, but it's like a friendly troll. His name is Totoro, and he's like this just big giant thing that protects the forest. Okay. And it's just the cutest freaking movie. But then, at a point, it takes like this turn where it gets like kind of sad for a second, and that always like gets me. Like that gets me really emotional. But I always remember that day with Ben specifically too, and watching that, and then. This time, uh, when I watched it, because I just recently showed it to Julie, it must have been like three weeks ago or so. It was just after Frankenstein had ended. And I was sitting back and like the movie was making me think about him. And I started thinking about Ben and everything we've been through together. And yeah. like, I I know you know us from like the past couple of years, but like, Ben and I, I, I have always loved that kid with all of my heart. I, from the time he was born, there was just something. I love my brother Jonathan too, equally, and if not, like, not, I can't say more because I love them both. No, equally, of course, but I love them for different reasons and in different ways. And there's just something always so special about Ben, and there always has been, and, uh, it just made me think of like the history of like when he was little, and then you know, watching him grow up and start acting like I did. And then you weren't here for this time period, but there was like a year, like a year or two where things were not good between me and Ben, like at all. Like we, he was kind of, he hit angsty teenager at the, at the end of high school. And, you know, I, I can't put him on, I I can't, won't put him on blast on the show, but like, there was a lot that he did that he he made a lot of questionable choices and it was hard to push him to graduate and uh then you know there there was a turmoil between like my family and him and you know it it was rocky for a really long time and i i didn't know what was going to happen with this and it, there was a point where i never would have dreamed that us podcasting together, us acting together, that that was a possibility. I thought I was just going to kind of lose him to wow. things. 
So I started thinking about all that, and all of a sudden, like, I'm crying again <laughs> watching this movie and thinking about him. So I will always associate that movie with him and just how good of a person he is and will always be. Yeah. And knowing that uh, he w- can crawl, uh, find his way back from anything, no matter what. Like, he'll always be that kid for me. And uh, – I know he's listening right now too, and he's probably getting emotional. So, it's it's I love just you too, boys. Yeah, I I love him more than I love him, and I love my brother John more than you know I can ever put into words. But that for me is just a huge. Uh, it, it's a huge sign of how much he means to me was that day and just that memory between no, us. That's good. I mean, I yeah. could tell when you guys are just around here. Oh. I love yeah, you, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Here we go. It's the first tears of the episode. You are, yeah. It's the first time I've cried on this show, I think. I've it cried is. on my podcast before. So, Oh, I just – it's – yeah. I see how you guys just are around here, and uh, it's always cool to see, you know. And I you – know, obviously, none of that was any of my business personally. Yeah. But, right. you know, it's it's – it's good to see that you guys are super close like that. Well, buckle up because these top five are probably going to get me real emotional. So yeah, <laughs> we'll been, see. I've been thinking about this one, yeah, oh, for a while. God. I actually remember this one on the way over here. All right, go for it. All right, so my number five is uh, my dog Skip. Oh you that man, movie? yeah, it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Frankie one that, Muniz. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's a movie that I've only watched once because I don't know if I could watch it again. So hard to. It's hard to. I am a huge animal lover, um, and I've grown into that. You know, back when you're a kid, you're kind of ignorant to uh, certain things. But I'm a big, you know, I didn't have a dog like when I was really, really young. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a dog when I was really, really young. Uh, I grew into having a dog, and you know I was fortunate to have one a little bit after seeing this movie. But um, yeah, seeing like you know he wanted this dog, right? He gets he gets Skip, and and there's so much in between, like just so much emotion. He's so happy, and then there's one day Skip keeps running on the baseball field, and he gets mad and and smacks him. him. I'm like, yeah. oh Ugh. god, and it gets me. And you know there's. It, I think he gets like attacked by like some those those robbers, right? Those yeah, those bad the skip does. Yeah, he gets attacked, and and they go out after him, and it's just like it's so like heartbreaking to watch this boy. I haven't watched a dog's purpose. I don't know if I can ever bring oh, myself to do it. I don't it. think I ever could. Oh my god, I, I just that's my that's like my weakness. Even when you were talking about Pokemon, like I watched Pokemon the first movie, and uh, and. I don't know why I can't watch like animals fighting <laughs> now, yep. nowadays. I don't know what it is. Like I can't Pokemon. Like that watching them fight was hard for me. <laughs> but um, and then yeah, and then you know, I, I my first dog passed away a couple years ago. But you know, they show the the scene where where Frankie Muniz's character he goes off into the military, mm-hmm. and the dogs passes away on his bed. Oh yeah, that's waiting nice. for him, and. Uh, yeah, here come my tears. Yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, it's so it's so oh, it's heartbreaking. And uh, yeah, it's just hard to watch. And like, not to mention, like the neighbor comes home with PTSD too from the like. There's a lot. Yeah, that it like there get it gets emotional. There's a lot. It's it's it is an emotion. It's not like a like it's billed as like a kids movie, but there's so much baggage that comes with that movie. Yeah, emotional man. baggage. It's just not easy. 
Um, yeah, I love it, man. Dogs are the best. I wish I could have more. Yeah, me too. Um, I would have I one do. right now if I could. Yeah. But. Even if even if you just take it with just dogs, but just pets in general. Yeah. Anybody who's ever had a pet, you just you feel you feel something. Oh, my cats are my home. I know. I, I love them. Cats are adorable. <laughs> I, I see you crawling around when you're recording from home, and it's just something, man. Yeah. I just wish they could be with you forever. So, man, I so <laughs> to bring some levity to this, I <laughs> that's gonna hate that I told this story because it's it involves him. But uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Eight Below with uh, the sled dog team. Yes, that gets le- Cuba, wait, is that Cuba Gooding Jr.? No, that's um sled. Oh, that's, that's right. That's uh, right. Snow Dogs. Okay. That's Snow Dogs. I do love that movie though. Um, but. Eight Below is based on a true story where this um, sled team that of these Antarctic researchers got left down there because there was this storm coming and they thought they would be right back. But they had to, like, go and come back or something. I can't remember why they left them. But the dogs ended up getting left and they were, like, chained up. And they end up – they got out and they survived on their own, most of them, until uh, they got back. My brother Ben – is like any dog thing is like it'll hit him like yeah. a ton of bricks. He hates like animals in general. He hates like when anything happens to them. Yeah. So I had started watching that movie here actually. There was a weird day at the school where one of the boilers all of a sudden like re- started releasing all this steam. So we ended up going across the street. And, really? Like, the whole middle school was over there. So we watched Eight Below for a little bit. And uh, one of the dogs went, and I was like, Oof, oh, God. Ugh. And then, like, it, another one ends up, I think three of them end up going, but five end, end up surviving. But my, mo- <laughs> my mom got it from the library the one day. Oh, no. And I looked at it, and I, I was like, you got this movie? And she's like, yeah, I figured I could watch it with Ben. I was like, he's not going to like this movie. <laughs> And she was like, oh, I think it'll be fine. Like, it'll be a good movie. And I was like, okay, mom. Good okay, luck. You can't. I think I had rehearsal or something that night, or I was at a friend's. I came home while they were watching that, and Ben was like, he needed therapy. That bad. Like, he was sitting with, like, he just wasn't even saying a word. Like, tears were just silently just rolling down his face. It was almost at the end, and it was almost over. But he was just so traumatized that anything happened to any of them. Yeah, <laughs> he was just like, it gets you. he was like, can't have it happen. Uh, <laughs> while we're on this, I might as well get this one out of the way, too. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, so Marley and me. Is the next oh, one on my, God on my damn list? It. Oh shit! <laughs> Excuse my language. Just another one where it's the the dog just makes such an impact within the whole movie, and just watching the whole family grow up around it too, and the whole dynamic it had with everything else. Yeah, just made that so much more emotional. And I remember watching that movie with my whole family and us all just crying, except for my brother John, who was laughing, but I understand now that that's just a way people process emotion, and that's how he processes it twisted way, but it is a way. It's not, it it happens at theater all the time, too. People get scared and they laugh. Like, that's that's their first instinct. It's like, sometimes people, like, crying isn't their first instinct. Their first instinct is just to kind of, like, laugh it off. Like, there's just kind of something in them that's different. So we were all, like, feeling something, and he, like, just kind of chuckled a little bit. We were like, what is wrong with you? 
But now I get, I know him, and I know that it's not in a sadistic serial killer type of way. Right. It's a way where you're just processing the emotion. Well, I use that phrase a lot at work, like when things get frustrating, I'm like, oh, I'm laughing because if I don't laugh, I'll cry. Exactly. It's kinda, I think that's, it's kind of what it is. It happens with all of us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but Marley and Me is just a, another really good pet movie. It's just an, another... They know. Gets... they know. Dude, I, they know, dude. Of course they know. Of course they know. I was in Indianapolis, and uh, we're laying down. We're watching John Wick, and <laughs> me and my brother watching John Wick. I think he fell asleep. We're getting right. I think it's we're getting our last day is like the next day, and uh, or no, was it the next day or no? We were leaving the next day, and I I'm up late. I can't sleep. I'm just I'm excited. I'm excited to go home. It's been a fun trip, but. Um, one of those SPCA commercials comes on, <laughs> and brother, it it fudged me up bad. It got me good. I I was crying in the hotel room. My brother's sleeping in the bed next to me. I'm bawling my eyes out, and it got me. I got right up. I scanned the damn QR code and donated fifty dollars to the SPCA right there. I was sad. So I didn't see do. my dog in do four that. days. I didn't see my dog in four days. My wife. Guilt like made me feel bad that I went to Indy because it was it, it was like we left Christmas night and like late Christmas night and I was just like God dang it I miss my dog and I was like and I'd seen all the sad dogs and I and now I get emails and I get letters yeah, all the time, all the time. I'm like you hi they got I'm me. Sarah McLaughlin ah <laughs> oh, ruins ruins my day every time every time terrible in the eyes <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Top four. Matt, lead us off with number four. Oh, shit. We are on my number four. Um, All right. This is where I'm going to put The Sandlot. The Sandlot, which is another weird one. This is another weird one. Um, But the thing that gets me, and again, when I'm older, I think I've talked about this on the show before. You did. um, I can't remember what episode I think it was the Friends episode, the Memory of the Friends episode. I think. Maybe. Or maybe something else. Could have been that. Could have been that or like feel. Oh, was it feel good movies? No, did we do feel good movies? I don't. I don't know I don't if we did feel good on. movies. That might have to be what we do in the future. Oh, I'm it, fine with it. I know that we've talked about. We've it talked before. about it. So uh, this is kind of a, a repeat story. But uh, for those who didn't hear that one, um, I was watching it last July. I was sleeping over Brian and Chrissy's house, um, hanging out with them. And such gracious hosts. They always have a couch open for me to sleep on, and it's a very comfy couch. So love you both. Um, and we're watching The Sandlot, and I think I left that night. And but it, but they, we watched the whole movie. You know how it's fun. It's it's charming. It's it's a good old right nineteen fifties sixties kind of sort of. I, I forget which decade it is, but I'm pretty sure it's the fifties. And you know they, they, all these this group of kids they 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 come together to, or their 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 love language, which is an episode that I would like to do in the future. Their love language is baseball. They get together, they bond over baseball, and they are inseparable because of baseball. Mm-hmm. But they go to the swimming pool together, right? It's hot day, we're going to go to the the, the pool and and have squints kiss Wendy Peppercorn, and it, that whole shtick. It was great. Or we're gonna go. We're going to uh, what else did they do? They did um, they had the Fourth of July party. They just so much stuff together. They did a camp out this morning, and then they do the scene where at the end they're kind of like looking ahead at where everybody else is, and 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 one by one they all start 
drifting apart slowly, slowly but surely. Um, and that, like, that sucks when you're thirty something years old. When you know, at any age, and 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 shit changes, mm-hmm. right, dude? I I have, dude. I don't know why I said it like that, dude, dude, bro. <laughs> uh, I've had so many friends over the years that, like. Keep in touch with. I see him occasionally, and that's kind of it. And but you think back, it's like when you know when was the last time we hung out? What was the last like thing we did? And I never had like a big group. I think the biggest group that I ever had was you know at one time was maybe four people. Mm. But even still, you you kind of again you put yourself back in back in those shoes, and then you just watch as you're growing up, right? High school or elementary school. Occasionally, a friend or two drifts away, and you lose touch, and you keep getting older and older. Like I think back to all these friends that I had that came to various birthday parties, mm-hmm. and we're not even like I'm not even close to the most of them. I was so thinking far. about that today, or like people you thought were going to be around for a really long time, and then like and it just changes. Yeah, yeah, for uh, one reason or another, it it does, and it it stinks. Like I had one friend, his name was no, his name was Matt too. We were friends in kindergarten. Francis Kindergarten. We got separated in middle school. We reconnected in high school. We we're super close, hung out, but it, I mean, it wasn't it, it wasn't the same as when we were kids. Uh, is when we were really young because you know we'd have we'd go over each other's house, have play dates and stuff. But and you grow up in high school, it pulls you in all sorts of different directions, whether it be sports, other friends, girls, partying, and I just I wasn't involved in any of that. So. Um, but that that scene where they're all disappearing and, and and showing where they all go out drift off to in life is is hard because uh, the four group the group of four that I had it was the number one uh, one I mentioned in that friend, memories with friends list mm-hmm. and like again you, you think you're inseparable and it's hard when you know you see other people who've had these groups of friends forever since they were little my wife you know has that they're close and that's like cool and fortunate um but every couple of years like it seems and i obviously don't anticipate or plan on that changing currently we never do but shit just pulls my friend groups apart yeah and uh it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to kind of to to exist and, and reflect on but um but I can do, you know, retrospectively a smile and be grateful. But I know I just went on a, a nice little tirade. Sorry no, for those that who was heard about it. That was great. That's why the Sandlot movie hits me hard, um, in a way that didn't quite hit me when I f- watched this movie many, many years ago. So. I absolutely get that, and uh, I, I'm lucky enough. I have similar experiences too, where I have a bunch of friends that I was like, oh, I really think we're gonna be you know hanging out for the rest of our lives and then and then you know you don't get to see you see the a different side of them or you just drift apart or you know yeah those things kind of trauma something at home or just yeah just circumstances yeah exactly um but i'm i'm lucky enough too where like the group of friends i had when i was younger as well um really I've stayed close with them throughout the years in a lot of ways to the point where if we haven't seen each other in a while, we can still, you know, meet up and like nothing feels like it's changed. Yeah. And the rarer occasions feel even more special. So I'm about to send you this picture, but um, 
this group that I'm sending you right now, I, I talked about them before on the Friends podcast, but this is like my original group of four friends. And Mikey lives in Baltimore now. He actually does like accounting for the Ravens oh, and, really? and flew in for the weekend so that he could oh, you know, man. be there for that. And Jimmy lives in Kansas now. But we take a picture like that every time we're together. I got to show you. Um, let's see. I have one like that from my wedding, which is really quite. I really got to find this thing. Um I'm also. Sending. I'll send it. I'll send it when I when I get to it. But um, when I find it, but it was really cool because yeah, you just we were tight knit group and then we did like a football pose picture uh, at my wedding and it was it meant a lot. It was uh, really neat. Yeah. Also enjoy these uh, pictures I'm sending of Anna attempting to carry Kevin, dropping him. <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing. It's so incredible. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, that that is a great choice for uh, for your number four. And those friend movies really get to me like that, too, yeah. for sure. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Um, my number four is family-related, too, as far as like friends and family. It's another one that has to do with my brothers. But it's Lilo and Stitch. Um, oh, yeah. So growing up, we didn't have a, access to a ton of movies, especially if... You know, we had the library, but we didn't own a ton of shit on DVD. We did, we just didn't have the money to, like, be getting that all the time. Right. So uh, we were gifted Lilo and Stitch uh, by our TV, um one of, I believe, for a Christmas or a birthday or something like that. And that just became a movie we watched all the time growing up. And now I can't watch it without thinking about, like, the days where I was watching my brothers. And, like, that would be the go-to to put on. Of course. Is, it, it's such a good – it's such a good movie. It's a very innocent movie. Two sisters trying to, like, make it through without their parents. The older sister trying to take care of her little sister – this alien falling in that they think is a dog, and he's actually this hilarious little creature that wants to destroy the earth, even though he's like tiny and like uh, the the two aliens who are sent after him, which it's just a great dynamic with those two. Uh, the use of Elvis music throughout the Hawaiian music. Uh, my wife has a very particular love for Lilo and Stitch as well, where her sister uh, will tell me the story about how she used to look at herself in the mirror and try the do, to do the words to Hawaiian Roller Coaster Ride. Oh, uh, it's a great uh, song. And, and just try, like, watch her mouth move so that she could see if she was getting the words right. Um, but, yeah, that that phrase to the uh, Ohana means family and family means nobody gets left behind, That that's, like, that's something that's always stuck with me, too, with just the memory i have of them and uh it'll it'll always hit me in a very specific way watching that movie and uh i i'm just very grateful that i was born old enough to be able to have watched my brothers grow up and to have those memories with them where i remember them being little all the time yeah and it's you know not every brother gets that and like you being older brother as well you you know the feeling of sure do like being able to know oh yeah i diapered you at one point but uh there's a sense of pride you get as a sibling from them so 
Lilo and Stitch always reminds me of that. So that's why it comes in as my number four. Beautiful. That is a really good one. Um, yeah, great movie on its own, but I, I like the underlying story. Yeah. Theme of, of that sibling uh, relationship. And, oh, yeah, that, I, Jesus, I haven't seen that movie in a long time either. Good movie. Uh, I need to watch more movies, or I don't. I don't know. Um, You're finding better ways to spend your time. I, I like. know. But I, just, <laughs> I, I, I hate that every time you, you mention a movie I haven't seen in, or I, I haven't seen in a while. Um, I do the same. That I'm just little. like, man, I haven't seen that in a while, and and I just don't. And <laughs> I don't know. That's how it goes. I guess it is. Uh, all right, number three. We are on to our top three. Matt, all right. my number three, and I'm gonna put. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with uh, Logan. Oh, good movie. Yeah, yeah. That was tough. The whole movie was tough. I was just talking about that movie today, actually. Yeah, I, f- I forgot what what triggered this thought, but I, I haven't seen it in a couple years. I have it. I haven't seen it in a couple years, but um, you know, even sooner the trailer hit, right? Uh, it's Johnny Cash's hurt. Was mm-hmm. the trailer for it, and you get old Charles Xavier, you get old Logan, um, kind of going through the motions. Xavier's going through some type of dementia type deal, where his telekinesis is in telepathy. It's just it's in shambles. It's in shambles, and he can kill people. He he apparently killed the X Men and stuff like that, um, and this whole this storyline. So you got to think. Too, for me, for a lot of people, it wasn't like this, but X-Men was like that first consistent superhero film Yep, for me. I I, I mean, it, you could say Batman, but those got wonky as time went on. Ooh, the original, a, the 90s wonky's one. Wonky's a generous, oh, you think it's generous? Oh, I thought you were going to yell at me for, for sick. Oh, no, 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 no. Wonky's... Just, I would say acid trippy yeah. was how Batman ended up for sure. <laughs> but, the, you know, that was such a quick stretch for me, and there was no, like, direction overall with the angle, I guess. And I guess you could no. say that with X-Men, too. But for X-Men, I think Logan came out in 2017. The first X-Men movie came out in 2000? Yeah. Pretty sure it was 2000. I think it was 2000. So well. I grew up, like, Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart, as those characters were like my first like mainstays and those first perfect castings you could have, so for me to watch them play this role for seventeen years and and survive all of the weird movie stuff, bad movies, good movies, good moments, bad moments, and to make it to that point and be like, okay, this is going to be a, a a curtain call for us as these characters. Cyclops, what are you doing in a Superman movie? <laughs> I know. Uh, Cyclops, they did him dirty. Yeah, they made they yeah. Uh, Hugh Jackman and uh, Patrick Stewart made it through everything together. They did Le- every era. Legit did, and you could feel like their friendship. It was like it. it 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 felt generous, like it it oozed through the screen when you watched it. But you know, we watch. So in my lifetime, I've watched Patrick Stewart die as Charles Xavier twice. Uh, actually, no, three times. Three times. Three times he died in X Men Three. In X Men Three, he got killed in Logan, and then Scarlet Witch snapped his neck. Uh, yeah. So it's been a really difficult stretch, and he's just Patrick Stewart is this adorable man, a uh, little old man guy. 
And what's was, I'm trying to think of no Days of Future Past. He didn't die in right. No, he survived. Oh, okay. He survived. He he did. I uh, can't believe they didn't kill him. They might as well have just kept killing him over and every over movie. And over again. Oh my god, you killed <laughs> Fresh Rex, you, you bastard! Uh, <laughs> you killed Xavier. <laughs> so so he dies, and then the end when Logan kind of gets like this. La- he's got to sa- go save the kids. He's hunting all that military thing, and he's just he's all like fueled that. up, and just we get to see like Logan at his finest bloody just murdering things and then he eventually gets he, he dies right he gets put he gets put through a tree like it isn't like a like some kind of spike uh, what the hell is it yeah i can't remember what i feel like it was like some sharp like branch of like a like, like a big thick sharp branch of a like a tree or something I can't I mean, it's something like that yeah and, and he's have like to watch his it, heart's like he just it just destroys him and uh and like he's sitting there like shaking and dying and i'm like Oh my god. I like yeah. I actually like I feel bad right now. I didn't like I got sick of Wolverine because of how often they put him in the movies. Yeah. That's I got sick fair. of Wolverine. Like I got sick of Iron <laughs> Man and then he's gone and I'm like why? Why why am I sad? Yeah. You know, yeah. So that was that was that. So Logan comes in at my number three. I love that. Yeah, that movie's great. I uh, I was just talking about it today because of the one henchman in it is really good from Narcos. Okay, I can't remember what his. I just remembered his freaking name. Earlier. It's not the guy with the uh, the the metal arm thing. Yeah. Okay. I can't remember what his real name is though. Yeah, I don't uh, know what character actor. he was supposed to be. Yeah, the he was he's a great actor. They had a great lineup for that movie, and they, they were all just dirt balls. Uh, let's see. Is it Richard Grant? No, no, no. He's got a a not like a strange name, but a more out there name. Let's see. I can't remember what his freaking name is. Boyd Holbrook? Yes. Yeah, okay. Boyd. Boyd. Boyd Holbrook. Yeah. Okay. He was great. Uh, yeah, that that whole movie did something to me. There was something about knowing it was their last one together yeah. that really did it. And uh, I don't know. I'm excited for the... Uh, the new Deadpool to see Hugh Jackman come back. I am very excited. I'm glad he's going to get a shot in the MCU. I'm glad they both got a shot in the MCU. I do too, but I, I hope they never put them together again because I don't think that, will, that yeah. would make Logan lose some of its luster, and it has to be the last time that they work together. I agree. I like agree. It, it just has to that be. Was, I think that was what it was meant to be, was they were together Kirk Yeah, but you know how everybody... They're about to bring freaking Mike, uh, Michael Keaton back as Batman. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Well, you know, know, Patrick Stewart's getting up there, man. Yeah, he really is. Um, all right. My number three, man, the, I don't have to say much about this one, I feel like, but, uh, you know, pre slap and pre keep my wife's name out of your mouth, pursuit of happiness. Just, my God. Every step of the way of that movie is just a tearjerker, and you feel so damn good for Will Smith at the end of that movie. Uh, that scene where he's in the bathroom with his son and like tears are just silently running down his face. Like if that doesn't do something to your soul and make you feel like it's, it's just, 
brutal. Some of the twists and turns of that movie are just so hard to watch, and you want him to succeed so bad. And when he finally does, you feel so good. Like, you just feel so good for him by the end of that movie. And sometimes you need movies like that to watch someone build themselves back up from, like, because it's almost inspiring in a way. But it just makes you feel so much through it. The His performance, that was, like, the first really, really good Will Smith performance, I remember. Like, really emotional one. Um, and it's just, it's a really well-done story. And I I just always will have a place for that. So Pursuit of Happiness comes in at my number three. Very good. I don't know if I've seen that one. Oh, it's, so it's an older good. one, right? It's been around for a while? Yeah, it came out in the um, 2000s. Okay. Yeah, Will Smith has some really, really good ones. Really good, serious roles. He's another one who has really good range. Yes, uh, with with what he's uh, with with what he's done film wise, um, and on TV. But yeah, just like man, why did he have to slap Chris Rock before? Right before he won an Oscar, I know he Finally could have done it. it every other any other night. I know. But the night he wins, that's one of those moments where you feel like they almost did it on purpose. Where yeah. they like took the envelope back and they're like, no, 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 no. Watch this. Hold up. <laughs> they switched it out. Just well, like, yeah, because the Let's no, make the, the internet explode. The ratings right now. were going down and then that happened. Chris Rock had like a nice resurgence in his career. Will Smith's been hurt, but I sympathize for Will. Yeah, it, it's not going to hurt do. Him that much. It really won't. I mean, he's lost a lot of roles. Um, because of it, he's gonna he'll be okay. But... Crying to his money and his investments, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. But there's something that's going on at home that ain't right. Yeah, for sure. And I think we all kind of pick up on that, and uh, you kind of see the just the amalgamation frustration. Yeah, at least oh, that's the sure. way I I it's, at least that's the way I see it. I know people don't care about his mental health. Too no, much. no, it sucks. Um. Yeah, but Pursuit of Happiness comes in at my number three. Probably. Great pick, buddy. Great pick. Top two. Matt, number two. Top two. I'm going to go with uh, a little story about toys. Uh, Toy Story 3 is my number two choice. Almost made it on mine. Yeah. I, again, growing up, growing up, watch people get old. Andy gets old, and his toys go to... A daycare. Yeah. Abandoning, like, your childhood. I, I used to think about that, too. Toy Story gave me this interesting com- complexion with toys. I think I blame Toy Story for my reason why I care so much about material possessions, and I look at them, and I don't want to get rid of these things. A lot of, like, a lot of the, the toys and stuff, like, my parents got to rid of a ton of toys when I was younger, mm-hmm. and they used to frustrate me because I'm like, man, those toys are somewhere, like, waiting for me it's the worst feeling isn't it yeah shit it sucks uh it, it it's a bad feeling and um it's just abandoning anything um it's it's like for me at that time who didn't have pets it was like a bad you know the, the equivalent of abandoning a pet somewhere mm-hmm. it was just it was just too much to handle but um even still you kind of grow up and you, you see it and and you know everything that, that transpired with it uh, you grew up with these toys. I think it came out f- 15 years after the first Toy Story, I think. Sounds about right. Uh, something around that time frame. I was in the theater, I think, opening night, and there were people crying at the end 
when uh, they were all about to die in the incinerator. And uh, I said, piece of crap, lots of hugging bear. Um, <laughs> set them up for failure. And uh, But at the end, too, when he, when he, he has them, I can't remember how he has them. He, he gets them back again. But I love that you called him a piece of crap. He is a piece of crap. <laughs> he is a piece of crap. He was uh, just an evil toy. How do toys be evil? I don't understand that. Like Chucky, him, they can all just rot. I bought that for somebody, too. I can't remember because it smelled. It, it legit smelled like um, smelled like strawberries. Oh, that's good. Like, nice. at, at Disney World, it was pretty cool. But, um, but yeah, see... At the end, he's giving the toys to the girl, and uh, Annie's giving the toys to the girl, and and telling them about their adventures and stuff. But <sighs> yeah, it's hard. It's it's again growing up, growing up. That's something I've had an issue with for most of my life is growing up and trying to hold on to every little bit of uh, of my youth that I possibly could, whether it be through material possession stuff and that whole letting go thing has been. Um, it's been uh, it's been something. So. Yeah, especially like that was the right age bracket for us too. Like I know I was just getting out of high school and that movie came out and about yeah. to go to college, and I know that hit my mom some type of way. I yeah, I like was seeing that two thousand and two thousand ten, two thousand eleven. Crazy bitch. Then two thousand ten. She stalked me for like two years after. So, oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Been there, it was bad. Been there, dude. Yeah, <laughs> uh, she was. It was bad. Oh man! But yeah, um, yeah, we went to the movies with her and 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 a whole group of people. And yeah, there are people crying in there. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was 2010. It was after my first year of college, and I was just like, this sucks yeah that was <laughs> the first movie came out like in 95 and i was like four years old so um uh, four or five years old so uh so yeah so that is uh my number two is toy story three excellent thank you uh my number two is also a disney movie it is the movie soul i don't know if you've seen this it Great came movie. out so yeah. i can hold it together in most of that movie and then that scene where the main character starts playing the piano at home and thinking about all the little things that he the the music sequence along with those memories that are popping up is so unbelievably beautiful. Yeah. That from that moment until the end I'm always crying in some way. It just it hits, especially music too. I know you're a big music guy, and when things can line up such a right way that it just connects with you, it it pierced something deep in me the first time I saw that movie. Yeah, and then he just keeps playing, and it it's just turns into such a beautiful sequence. And then, um, he's going down with uh the other girl to, uh as she's going to go to her body finally and become like a human. Yeah. And when he finally lets her go, that's a moment where you're like, oh, and then he gets his chance back. And all of a sudden I'm crying even like I'm, it's one of those movies that makes you appreciate life so much. And like, reminds you don't take the little things for granted. Like really don't take that because you never know what could change with it. And, um, Man, I just think that sequence of events was so 
unbelievably touching, and I know that I'm forever just going to sob whenever that scene comes on. If I need a good cry on some days, I can go to YouTube and put that on and know that immediately I can just like start my release from that. So the movie Soul comes in at my number two simply for that beautiful sequence about that. The We watched it, uh, watched it, I think it came out during COVID, right? During yeah, like kind of at the end of it, I yeah, feel Yeah, like. I remember watching it on Disney Plus. I think it was 2020, 2021, something like yeah. that. Um, but then it hit, and it was, it was really neat. It was a really well-done movie. And, yeah, yeah. That, that music sequence just really did it for me. There was something with it that... And Pixar, did Pixar do that? Was that a Pixar one? I want to say it was. Yes, it feels like it. Was I can't. A Pixar I can't movie. recall. But uh, I can never tell what's just Disney, Disney, Pixar these days. It's, yeah, it I have just no idea. All kind of blends because it's such Pixar a to me is style. literally just Toy Story and then a couple other things, Monsters like, Inc., Monsters Inc., Incredibles, Incredibles. Yeah. So, yeah. God damn! If we're talking about best uh, movie moments ever. Dash uh, doing that whole run through that movie and then getting the water and running across it and <laughs> laughing as he's realizing that is such an amazing moment for Pixar or any other movie. I remember – I don't know if you've ever watched Cinema Sins before. Yes. But they did they did a, uh, an Incredibles video where they were giving Sins on top of that. And they got to that part. And they said nothing and just retracted a sin. <laughs> it was it just it, it, it just needs no. It's there's never been a more beautiful moment in an animated movie than right there. It is good oh, stuff. So good. All right, on to our number one for movies that make us cry. We've all been waiting for this moment. Yes, Matt, we have. Lead us off. Sir. All right, my friend. My number one is uh, is peak superhero movie cinema. It is event, uh, Avengers. Avengers Endgame is my uh, number one. Yeah. So a whole, whole, whole range of emotion with that one. This was the culmination, essentially, of I think it was 20-something movies at that point in time, something like that. Uh, this is the end. This is the end game. Uh, all the original heroes that that helped, you know, that helped form and make this Marvel Cinematic Universe popular are the main feature again, right? The MCU got very crazily expansive um, over time, but now we're back down to the original six and, and obviously some other big pieces, such as, uh, you know, Ant-Man, Rocket Raccoon, Nebula, uh, War Machine. You know, War Machine was kind of part of the originals, but not original six, and some other ones, uh, which is always a really, really neat touch. Um, the ending, obviously, rough. Because you realize that RDJ, you know, the whole Iron Man death sequence was really tough to watch. Um, Man, I was we were sitting pretty close up, and uh, I was sitting actually. I almost said this show uh, panel discussion. We did the, the three of us hosts, me, Greg, and Chris, and our significant others at the time. We all went together and went to go watch it, and oh, I love that. bawling their eyes out at uh, at the end of. Um, you know, that one and the whole cap sequence, you know, at the end where he goes in time and gets to finally live his life uh, the way that he did. Uh. Tony seeing his dad and kind of getting that uh, that's closure. With Natasha dying. 
Natasha dying was yeah. horrible. Like, kind of sucks in retrospect that she didn't get to do the whole Avengers Assemble thing. But God, yeah, man, missed moment. But I feel like uh, we'll compensate by giving you your own movie. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I guess, but still would have been nice. Uh, and the, that portal scene, that portal scene. You know, it everybody just... disappearing. Everybody, all those people, just uh, friends, superheroes, just human beings, just disappearing, and then for five years, and then at the right perfect moment, just to come up. I listen to that song all the time. I just listened to it the other day, and uh, and it got some emotion because I, I I attribute a lot to uh, to this studio, and it's weird. Uh, so back when we were first trying to get the studio, or we had a studio spot mm-hmm. on another another building, uh, we got kicked out. There was a some mistakes made, and we got kicked out. And we're like, okay, we're gonna do a a emergency or a a a, 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 fu- a fundraiser to kind of help get us into a new spot, a new better spot. And we attribute it to End Games. Like, okay, we're all coming back together. Everybody's coming back together and doing it. And we all worked our asses off. We raised like a thousand bucks doing a fundraiser, basket auction, selling food, drinks, yada yada yada, and we raised a thousand bucks. And it all went to the first payments to this place, this room. Uh, the sad thing is, is that everybody from that original group is no longer here. Right. Yeah. Everybody from the original group is gone, and. I was watching it one day in here a couple years ago, and just because a lot of a lot of them ended bad, and uh, you know, just just frustrating, uh, just frustration mounting, and 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 me just kind of like putting all the problems of the world of this place on my sh- own shoulders, and wishing I had more help, and just disagreements, and just 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 bullshit. And I watched that portal scene, and everybody kind of coming back, and there's always been the, this like hope inside of me where. I'm hoping that one day, like all those original guys, we can all like get along and just kind of get back together, yeah, and hang out. But unfortunately, I think a lot of the, I, I don't know for sure, but I, I've I've tried uh, to kind of make those relationships, uh, you know, uh, heal, fix them. But it was just something special. You just hear like, you know, just see Cap just standing there, all gassed out and tired, and. All of a sudden, all these old friends keep coming back through to save the day. And so good. You always, yeah. I always wonder, like, because last week was our three-year anniversary of getting the studio. Wow. And I listed all those shows, all, every single show um, that's passed through here. And I'm like, man, can you imagine how strong this place would be if we all were here at the same time? Yeah. That's crazy to think about. It's a lot of shows, dude. It's been, I think, like 40-something shows. If only I got here a year, a year sooner, too. Yeah. You never know. You never know. We'll never know. Uh, but it is what it is. That is life. But uh, Avengers Endgame, I've, I've, you know, that, that's that's definitely, that's peak cinema. Uh, Tony Stark died with it. Captain America pretty much died with it. And uh, the MCU is <laughs> kind of die with it as well. Retrospectively, it has not been really great since. <laughs> no way home. Uh, far from home and no way home made it go. <gasps> and then it just went and went back again. Pretty much. There's maybe post Endgame. Both, you're right. Both Spider-Man and then maybe one one other movie have done it for me. Like really done it for me. Maybe blown away. And then a couple, maybe a, a 
less than half of the TV shows. Yeah. So. Yeah. Moon Knight was one of them for me, but I like Moon Knight. Um, it was dope. It was really good. Other than that, it just doesn't hit like they used to. I don't know if I'm just entitled. Uh, just not entitled, but just. Uh, I'm really just biding my time to uh, until Daredevil. I want to watch she- She-Hulk because I know he has a lot of involvement in that. He does. He has a couple of good episodes mm-hmm. in there. So yeah, um, I need to. It's good stuff. That's, I highly recommend it. That's my guy. I love Charlie Cox. He's good. Um, All right, my man. What do you got for number one? So my number one is a history movie. It's a life movie. It's a combination of a lot of things. But, man, it's one of my favorite movies of all time and. Every time I watch it, it's like I've watched it for the first time over and over again. It is the movie Forrest Gump. Mm. Man, I can't not cry when I watch this movie. I can't. It Ever since childhood. I just, there's, it's just such a beautiful, beautiful story. People will talk all the shit they want to about it, about how, you know, Jenny's, you know, all a kind of a manipulative girl who only like wants to be with him by the end when she has nothing else to turn to. And when you really watch that movie, that's not true. It's not true. She was a girl who never had a chance from the beginning. She had an abusive father who uh, exposed her to trauma that she spent her whole life trying to solve and fix. And then she realized throughout it all that she just wanted to be with Forrest by the end. She wanted to be the with the one thing that actually treated her how she should have been treated her entire life. Yeah. And especially with when you go through trauma in those type of senses, sometimes you think that's what you inherently deserve. And she spent a lot of that movie thinking she inherently deserved being with people who treated her badly. And Forrest says that to her through a lot of the movie. So people miss that. They think like, oh, she's just like, she's thinking. No, she's not thinking correctly through this whole movie. But then what Forrest goes through too, like the tears start when he's holding Bubba in Vietnam and he says, I want to go home. And it's like, holy shit. Like that's such a real moment when he does that. And then, you know, when his mom dies, that always gets to me. When Lieutenant, uh, when Gary Sinise, his Lieutenant Dan, um, jumps off the side of the boat and says, I never thank you for saving my life, and is swimming towards the sunset, which is just such a beautiful shot in that movie. And then Jenny dies, and Tom Hanks is talking to her, to her at her grave, and delivers that beautiful monologue that you're in, you think like, how can I cry any more than I'm possibly crying right now? And then he's walking away and that flock of birds flies back to the tree. Almost like we were giving you a second like with her. God, it's just such a beautiful movie. It is just such a beautiful, beautiful movie. And it makes me like even the feather flying away at the end like when you're like okay this can't hit me anymore and they end it the way they started it my god like if you're a history buff if you're a romance buff like you you have to like this movie it is a quintessential movie you yeah. there's no way 
it can't mean something in some sense. People like to bash everything in a lot of sense. Oh, people trust me, will, I people will poke holes in every single thing. It's the reason no like movie or show has a hundred percent rating on anything. So one prick has to disagree with absolutely everything. Um and it's also I associate that movie with my dad too because I feel like all the time when I was little I watched it with him. Yeah. So there there will always be something about it that's just so perfect for me, and um, I'll always cry from probably twenty minutes into the movie when he first meets Jenny onward. Yeah. My mom Les Miserables is her favorite musical ever. It's her favorite show, and she starts crying ten minutes into it and she doesn't stop. Like th- until the end, and that's my movie equivalent of how she feels with Les Mis. Is it just it, it does something really beautiful to me? I see. Yeah. Huh. That's. I mean, hey, that's a great choice. I mean, hey, there. It's probably a lot. It's a lot of people's number one. Yeah. It, it's. It, it's just really well told. Yeah. And there's not much to say other than that. If you have a story that's that good, that's presented that well. You don't need explanation. It just speaks for itself. It does. It was on Tom Hanks's run of incredible movies too when he was doing those. And then I was going to say this is our second nights. Tom Tom Hanks movie on this list, right? I think it's mm-hmm. second uh, Castaway than this. Philadelphia could probably make a lot of people's list too. Yeah, with his performance in that, he's incredible in Philadelphia. He is. Yeah, there's a lot of which one is the one? Is it the one? Where, which one do you have AIDS in? That's Philadelphia. That is Philadelphia. Yep, and he's on trial okay. for. That's right. Um. Yeah, I I do want to see that Mr. Rogers one. I haven't seen that. Me one Me too. Yet. I haven't seen that one yet either. Mr. Rogers. There's a couple other ones. Yeah, he's Tom Hanks is a really, really, really good actor. Yeah, he's he's incredible. Yeah. Um. But that brings us to the end of our list. It does this was a really good one? I feel like you did good picking this one, buddy. I I feel like it was kind of therapeutic in a way too. I it feel was. Like. I like these therapeutic ones. We've been having a lot of them lately, and it just it, I I think it's necessary. I mean, we do we legit like shed some tears tonight. So yeah. That's, that's a uh, that is a very very good thing in my opinion. Um, that we can express ourselves like this and get just stuff off our chest. I feel better. Yeah. Uh, talking about all this, and who would have thought that movies would have this much you know meaning for us? Yeah, seriously. Um, uh, so next week, yes, you are away. I am gone next week. Yes, so you, you are, are holding down the fort. I'm to... going to miss you next week. I'm going to sure. miss you too, bud. Um, but I believe um, Ben's going to come on the show. And Excellent. we're going to do some kind of list. I'm going to try and get a third guest, too. But I'm going to see what happens between me and him. But we're going to come up with something really, really fun. Uh, probably something that relates a little nerdier. Or we'll do some growing up stories or something. Well, like I'll that. be listening to it uh, from good old Tennessee. Uh, and I can't wait. When we come, when I come back, uh, we're going to get my buddy Brian on the show. Hopefully everything lines up. We're going to do our book list that we uh, we really want to do. Can't wait. So a lot of good stuff coming up. Thank you, uh, everybody. I'm not, don't why, I don't know why I'm closing the show. It's Dan's. No, you're fine. It, it's our show, dude. It's our show. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, once again, I touched on it earlier in the show. If you are struggling with any mental health struggle, speak up. It's that time of year where things can feel less cold or less uh, like you're in winter and you feel this false sense of comfort. But, you know, talk to people if you're feeling some type of way. Shit, and talk to us. Talk to us. Yeah, exactly. Reach out. Uh, I think our email is connected wherever you find this uh, this show. Uh, 
I love talking to people. We all have problems. Me we've, too. we've all been through stuff. And if there's any way we can help you, uh, you know, get stuff off your chest or, or whatever, then I'd, I'd, we'd be happy to be the ones yeah. uh, to do it. Absolutely. I, I've been helping a friend at work. He's going through a divorce, and uh, I've been chatting up with him and trying to get help him get through it. I, I, I do. Um, I'm maybe I come off heartless sometimes in never, this show, never. But, uh, but I do give a shit about everybody. Yeah, um, so. and and that's true. He really does give a shit. Thank you, Bob. If you if you give good into the universe, you get good back. That's all I can say with that. Typically, um. But thank you for listening. As always, we hope you stay safe and stay healthy out there. And from Matt and myself, until next time, do you even list?